Thank you very much for being here this morning. We have a number of folks who are visiting with us today, and we're glad that you're here. This is a holiday week, and uh, schools are out. We have a lot of folks who are on the road traveling, and uh, we are mindful of that. Others are going to be traveling later this week. For the five or six of us who are going to remain this week, uh, looking forward to seeing you here on Wednesday evening for our period of uh, Bible reading and prayer and uh, song service together. Jesus wanted his disciples to be people of prayer. And uh, he wanted them to be properly focused in their prayers. And it is, uh, it is interesting to me, in, in the great sermon, in the inaugural address of Jesus in that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, as he was indicating that our, our relationship to God must supersede, it, it must rise above the the ostentatious uh, uh, and, the, uh, and the superficial worship of the Pharisees. And Jesus said, the worship that God is really looking for is worship that comes from the heart. And so, when you give your alms, don't, don't be like the hypocrites who give their alms to be seen of men. And, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pray so everyone around them will see them praying and be impressed or hear their prayer and be impressed. He said, when you pray to your Father who is in heaven, that is, for us, one of the most intimate moments of our entire existence with God when we are privately intimately communing with him in prayer. Jesus said, go into your closet. This this isn't about what everybody else is hearing. It's not about impressing them with the eloquence of your words, the, the articulation of thought. This is about your heart before God. Go into your closet, close the door. Get to your private place. That I don't know where your prayer place is. Most of us have a prayer place. Most of us have maybe multiple places prayer places, where we are in private, where we have found regular opportunities to meditate on the Word of God and to commune with God in prayer as we meditate on Him. Jesus said, find that place. And when you find that place, then you need to pray like this. And then he gave to the disciples the model prayer, very often referred to as the Lord's Prayer. It's actually the model prayer given to the disciples. If you want to look for the Lord's Prayer, uh, one of the Lord's Prayers is recorded in John the 17th chapter. Probably the longest of the prayers of Jesus that were recorded for our benefit in John 17. This was the model prayer for the disciples. And Jesus said, when you pray... Pray like this. Most of you memorized these verses when you were young. And if you were like me, you memorized them in the King James language. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy name. Thy kingdom 
come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I, I want to point out something to you about the model prayer. It begins with the concerns on God. It begins with the focus on God. When the prayer begins, it is clear. It is clear that the heart and the mind and the soul of the individual is totally focused on God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy name. It it is a prayer about thy kingdom. That's what it's all about. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Isn't it interesting? That at the very outset of the model prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, Thy will be done. Before you start, before you start on your wish list, before you start asking God for yourself, Jesus said the first thing you do is acknowledge to God that you understand what is most important here is His will, not mine but his. Then, our own concerns after that. Jim McGuigan, I I think I've mentioned this to you before, but one of my favorite sermons I ever heard from Jim McGuigan was a sermon that he preached entitled, what was it entitled? (laughs) It wasn't entitled Our Daily Breath. Oh, it was entitled Before you ask for bread. Before you ask for bread. And it was a sermon that was entirely focused on first things first. And when you bow your knee in prayer to God, first things first. Before you ask for bread, first things first. Our Father. This is about God. Who art in heaven, hallowed be Your name. This is about him. It's about his reputation. It's about his character. It's about his kingdom to come. It is about his will and his desires. Before we ask for bread, we start in heaven and then we work our way down to the earthly. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Someone said, this provides everything that we need and provides the entirety of life. It provides, in this prayer, we see provision, pardon, and protection. Provision has to do with the present. Give us today our daily bread. That has to do with the present today. The pardon. Forgive us our debts. That takes care of the past. And lead us not into temptation. We're praying for protection for the future. The present, the past, the future. Provision, pardon, and protection. Give us today our daily bread. I want to focus on just that one thing. I had to acknowledge that before we ask for bread, we should be focused on God. But I do want to talk to you this morning for just a few minutes about the importance of praying for our daily bread. Two things I want to say to you right off the bat here. First of all, material things do not lie outside the realm of prayer. When Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray for daily bread, 
I, I'm reminding you that material things are an appropriate subject of prayer. It's okay to pray about material things. It's not okay to lose your balance about material things, but it is okay to pray about material things. And secondly, I want you to note that Jesus is teaching us that every single day, moment by moment, 100% of the time, we are dependent upon God for the things that we need in our life. So, four things I want to point out to you that have to do with our daily bread. Number one, Our willingness to pray for our daily bread really is an expression of our gratitude to God, acknowledging that everything comes from God. Everything, even our daily bread. Our daily bread. First world greeting and conversation. Hi, how are you? Where'd you guys eat tonight? Where are you guys going to eat after church this morning? First world conversation. Third world conversation. This is how they greet you. Hi, how are you doing? Did you eat today? I've got some friends from Bangladesh, and I want to tell you, that is, that is their question of greeting to me every time. Did you eat today? It used to strike me as so odd they would ask me. They could look at me until I ate today. Did you eat today? Yeah, I ate. They came from a place, from a home, where they did not take for granted eating every day. Did you eat today? Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10, God said to the children of Israel, one of the things I'm concerned about when you come into the land, when you come into the land that I promised to give Abraham a land that is full of blessing for you, one of the things I'm concerned about, God, God is like, in this sense, He is like the Father the heavenly father, the father nonetheless, he is like the father who has an abundance and he wants his children to have good things. But, listen, he is a father who is concerned about what good things might do to his children. He is a father who is concerned about the danger that is inherent in having good things. And and so, in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10, God said to the children of Israel, when you have eaten and you are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. (laughs) We generally, and rightly so, we generally begin our meals with a prayer of thanksgiving. It is interesting that God thought it also appropriate that His children remember and when they had eaten well and they were enjoying the abundance of their blessing, as it were, we might say, when they pushed back from the table. 
They needed to bow their heads in thanksgiving to God for the abundance of the land that he had given to them. In 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 14, as David is, is making uh, the prayer of thanksgiving to God for the offering that has been brought, for the construction of the temple that Solomon would build, the, uh, David said in his prayer, But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given to you only what comes from your hand. Isn't that amazing? David, as as he asked for the offering for the temple, you know, sometimes, sometimes you do not know what people will give until you ask. David asked the people for the offering. Wow, did they give. And they gave abundantly. It was an enormous gift for the construction of the temple. But David in his prayer did not say, Hey, hey Lord, how do you like this? That's some kind of gift. I bet you're proud of that. That's not what David said. David said in the prayer, Lord, When we look at this offering, we are reminded of how much you have given to us that we would be able to make such an offering as this. Isn't that an amazing attitude? An amazing attitude that he immediately reflected back to God the very the very ability to give in this way. In Psalm 145 and verse 16, the psalmist said of God, you open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. I want to tell you, when you pray for your daily bread and you're truly thankful in that sense, you can't help but be reminded that every single blessing that we have It comes from God. Every single, it doesn't matter what it is. I will tell you, if you get to eat lunch today, you need to thank God for your food. But I do want to tell you this, whether you eat lunch or skip lunch today, let me know if you skip. If you eat lunch or skip lunch today, your life is full of blessings. Blessings that were given to you. We could begin to enumerate one by one the blessings just among the families in this group. And the different categories of blessings that God has given to the families in this group here. But there's one area that I want to call to your attention this morning in particular. And that is the blessing of the people that God has brought into your life. People who have made a difference in your life as it pertains to your spiritual relationship with God. I don't know. I don't know as your, as your mind reflects back 
maybe to your very earliest years. Maybe, maybe you were a little boy, a little Timothy. And you had a mother and a grandmother, a mama and a nonna, who taught you about God, who taught you to sing and to pray and to think about God. Maybe, maybe as you think about the blessing in your life, you're thinking about if you had the opportunity to go to a worship assembly like this. Maybe you're thinking about people there who made a difference in your life. Maybe you're thinking about some, some godly women who taught a Bible class when you were just a little child. And you remember their class. And you remember some of the basic things they taught you in that class. You remember in their class the first time that you said the books of the New Testament or the Old Testament or you named the apostles or the 12 sons of Jacob or that you learned about, uh, about the church and you learned about Jesus. And maybe you can remember people who left a very special mark in your life. And maybe you can think about people who even to this day... Do you remember what what the Holy Spirit tells us about the relationship between David and Jonathan in the Old Testament? It says, the Word says, the Holy Spirit tells us, that Jonathan's soul was knit to David's. They were bonded. How? They were bonded spiritually. And when David was in trouble, and and in one of the darkest moments of his life, You know who came to him. You know who came looking for him. I I, want to say something to you. When you're going through the darkest moments of your life, I hope that you have someone who's going to come looking for you and who is not going to leave you hiding in the darkness and in the woods by yourself. And Jonathan came and found David. And do you remember? Do you remember? The text says that he embraced him and he strengthened his hand in God. Wow. You're going to be thankful for something this morning. As you think about God provides everything for me right down to my daily bread. I'm saying to you, Be thankful for the people in your life. Secondly, let's learn contentment. Let's learn contentment. Give us this day our daily bread. You know what our our problem is? (laughs) Our problem is that we we get confused between our our wants and our needs. We, We get confused between the bread and the cake. 
We get confused between the needs and the greeds. Jesus was teaching his disciples to ask God and acknowledge to God dependence on him for our daily needs. In, in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 7, the, the preacher said, Two things I ask of you, O Lord, do not refuse me before I die. The first thing, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Second thing, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and I may disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and still and so dishonor the name of my God. What a wonderful way to pray. Lord, don't give me too much. Don't give me too little. Just give me enough. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I'll tell you folks, there are lots of things in this life that we want. But the list of things that we truly need is not a long list. And sometimes that short list of the things that we truly need, that's the list that gets neglected. And those are the things that are most important. Thirdly, to pray to God for our daily bread is an expression of confidence. It is a reminder that we need to be trusting in God to take care of us day by day. You remember in Exodus, the 16th chapter, when the children of Israel have come into the wilderness, now they cross the Red Sea, they've gone into the wilderness. There's some two million people out there. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that you are the one who had kitchen duty on, on Monday of that week when there are two million people waiting in the soup line for their bread and their... their Two million. Where are you going to get food for that many people for one meal? But they're not out there for one meal. They're out there day after day after day. God said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to take care of you. And every morning when you wake up in the morning, you go out and you gather up the manna that I'm going to give to you. But only gather as much as you need for that day. But... Only enough for that day. Are you kidding? We're out in the middle of the wilderness. There's no food out here. I've got a family. We don't know when we're ever going to be back in civilization again. I, I mean, there's this manna everywhere. We can pick up as much as we can pick. And you're telling me just get enough for today. I'll get a little extra. Put it under my bed. You never know. You know what happened when they put it under their bed? full of maggots and worms the next day. What was God teaching his people? He was teaching his people to trust him every single day. It's a great challenge for us. It's a little easier to trust God week by week if we could just get enough for the week. 
Boy, I could feel better on Sunday if I had enough for the whole week. Or, even better, if we could get it month by month, I could see ahead. Wow, if we could get it year by year. Or if we could get the entire pension plan from God. (laughs) God's given us the eternal pension plan. I don't know what we're worried about here. But in any event, God said, you get enough for today. Because when you wake up in the morning, I want you to wake up dependent on me for your daily bread. The only exception was that they were to pick up twice as much on Friday because on the Sabbath there would be none and then they would start over again. Our daily bread. God said, I want you to learn to trust me. And Jesus said to his disciples, that's what separates you from the Gentiles. The Gentiles are obsessed thinking that they are the source of their blessings. They are not the source of their blessings. God is. The God who takes care of the birds of the air, the God who clothes the grass of the field, He's the God who takes care of you. You need to learn to trust Him. And you need to learn to be generous. Let, let, me, let me say one other thing about this confidence in God. It's hard to live day by day and trust in God. And and it's hard to live day by day with that kind of confident trust that allows us to find contentment and joy in the way that God intended us for hat. And it is easy in this life, if we're not trusting in God, if we're depending on ourselves, it's easy for us to become frustrated and angry and bitter in this life. And and to think to ourselves, this is a bad day. I, I am just having a bad day. I remember one time walking into a hospital room in Bowling Green when we were living there years ago. Walking into a a hospital room. There was a man laying up in the bed. He he had gradually become sicker and sicker, and he was bedfast at this point. And it was clear, it was clear, all things being equal, his days were numbered at that point. I walked into his room that day, and as always, big smile flashes across his face, He's breathing fast. The oxygen's flowing because he can't get much oxygen. But he was always radiant. Always glad to see you. Always had a smile. I walked in the room and I said, how's your day? He said, David, I'm alive and breathing. It's a great day. He said, I don't have enough days left to have a bad day. Isn't that true? We don't have enough days left to have a bad day. We live day by day confident in our God, trusting in Him and acknowledging to him the abundance that he has given to us. And then praying for our daily bread reminds us of something. When God blesses us in abundance, and he has, we're reminded that all of us are eating from the same table, folks. It doesn't matter. One, two, three, four, we're all 
eating from the same table. It is the table that God has spread. It is His table. And we share in those blessings. We share in those things. Everything we have comes from God. Everything that is given to us is given in trust, a stewardship. The blessings that we have are not just for our own benefit. They are for us to use to glorify God in the kingdom. And what we have is meant to be shared. Gratitude and contentment and confidence and generosity help to make a thankful heart that cannot be cynical. I want to tell you something about God's blessings in life. Daily bread living means that God will give us exactly what we need. When we need it, not a moment too soon, not a moment too late. God takes care of His children. And God expects His children to acknowledge that in prayer, in heart, and in life. And I would say to you this morning, as we are thinking about this time when people are reflecting on all the things that we have in this world for which to be thankful. We are the ones who are gathered here this morning thanking God for His unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ who gave to us the redemption from our sins and the hope of eternal presence with Him in heaven. And folks, day by day, we live our lives trusting in God, having a good day, as we acknowledge that He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. And one day, One day, all of us are going to be gathered together in the presence of God to bask in the glory of that feast. It's a feast of fellowship when all of the brothers and sisters, all of God and His family will finally be together forever and forever. And for that reason, We live our lives in confidence and in trust, appreciating the blessings that we have, understanding the stewardship that has been given to us, and looking forward to the time when the fruition of all of that comes to reality, and we stand in His presence. What a day that's going to be. Aren't you thankful? If you're here this morning and not a Christian, we invite you to come in obedience to the gospel 
If you're a child of God who needs to come home, why don't you come now while we stand and sing?